Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode number one. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi, I'm Sue Monheit, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and grow your business. And today, I have the honor of talking to Brendan Hufford. And Brendan is a man with a lot going on. During the week, he's a full-time high school assistant principal, but that's only the beginning. He owns a six-figure Brazilian jiu-jitsu clothing brand called called OK Kimonos, and also hosts a business podcast called Entrepreneurs and Coffee. He works on these businesses between 3 and 5 a.m., yes, you heard me right, and some nights and also on the weekends. Now, given that, you may think that all he does is work. Not so. Brandon leaves time for other very important parts of his life, which include faith and family. He has a wonderful wife and also a son. Who I'm exhausted just running through your bio. What else should we know about you and your businesses before we get started? Well, first of all, Suze, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really, really excited. In addition to all of that, um, not much. I have the businesses, my Entrepreneurs and Coffee podcast, and I work. And like I, like you said, I'm really involved in my church and my faith and also with my family. I don't like to socialize. I don't like to go out and go to parties. I like to work and I like to be with my family and close friends and I like to work out. And it's those that when we break it down like that, it sounds super simple, but I also like to do all of those things quite a bit. And how do you fit in working out? Do you get up at one to work out before you start the other? (laughs) You know, I get up at three now because I tried getting up at two a bunch of times and I just got sick. Um, I did. I wasn't getting enough sleep in my body. You know, I kind of use my body like a race car. I just, I don't slow down. I just tend to slam into the wall at 300 miles an hour when I'm not getting enough sleep. So yeah, I mean, I'll just, some mornings are reserved for working out during that time. Some aren't. Um, sometimes I'll work out at night, but that's usually only if my wife and son like have other plans. My wife is very independent and very strong, and it's probably because I was raised by a number, my grandmother, my aunt, and my mom, by a number of very strong, independent women that I'm attracted to a woman like that. So my wife will go and do stuff with my son at night. Sometimes um, they do like, church stuff or different, like vacation Bible school, and that'll be time that I could work out or work or go to jujitsu in the evening, too. Well, somehow you fit it all in. And, you know, having that life balance is so important to a business owner, too, because if you don't, you're just going to run yourself into a wall, like you said. And if you don't take that time for yourself, everything's going to fall apart. I think, well, you know, I think when people, you know, here's an example, like somebody said to me one time that everybody has enough time in their day. We all have the same 24 hours. I don't understand how Oprah can be so successful when she has the exact same 24 hours that I do. And... I think that people like an Oprah or whoever else, like they have no idea who got voted off the island in last night's episode. They have no idea. You know, you could ask somebody, they're like, man, Brendan, I just don't have the time to start a business. I don't have time to take my business to that next 
kind of phase I wanted to go in. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, what did you think of that, uh, you know, finale for Walking Dead the other night? And they're like, man, it was crazy, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you see this little light bulb go off and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess I have time. Yeah. It's all about prioritization. Absolutely. And, I'm, you know, I think it's very much my DNA that this is what I'm wired for. This is what I like. It's hard work and it's a struggle sometimes, but I'm very much wired for it. As our listeners know, we like to align this conversation around the life of a candle. Shall we light it up, Brendan? Let's light it up. All right. I want to talk with you about a candle. And we like to talk about an inspirational quote, something that's really resonating with you right now in your life. If you were to choose an inspirational candle, what color would it be? My candle would be a royal blue. And why royal blue? I think royal blue is, it's a really cool color. It's my favorite jujitsu gi color, but it also symbolizes to me, uh, honesty and transparency and loyalty, which are characteristics that I value in myself and others more than anything else. And what type of a quote would you have on this royal blue candle? I would have a quote from Tony Robbins on that candle where he says, if you can't, you must. And if you must, you can. And it's not really that whole quote. It sounds kind of circular and hokey. But the beginning of if you can't, you must really means a lot to me because whenever I feel fear or I'm nervous about something in my business or in my life and I feel like I can't do it, that quote pops into my head and I feel like, all right, now I definitely have to do it. I have to step into that fear and be the type of person who does this type of thing that I'm afraid of. Like, for instance, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start doing some webinars Uh, just to support my community of my podcast. And that's scary for me because it's something I've never done before. I have no doubt that it's going to go awesome and I'm going to absolutely crush it. But when I first thought of doing it, I was really scared. And I thought, all right, Brendan, if you can't, then you must. All right, well, I have to do this now. So that's what I'm going to do. I think you're right. And so many people, you hear this over and over again. Seth Godin talks about this a lot, too, is that when you face your fear, that's when so many people back away and fail. And it's the survivors and the successful people who will look at it and say, "Okay, I'm trying this. And if it's going to work, great. If it's not, I'm going to learn, adjust and still make it succeed. So let's focus for a minute on okay kimonos. And I just want to talk about that a little bit because that's somewhat similar to a gift type business. But how did you get into that in the first place? You know, actually, I got into it for a very different reason. I got, and when I was in college, I saw a couple of UFC fights, uh, which is the Ultimate Fighting Championship, mixed martial arts. And I kind of fell in love with the sport. And I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And when I went, home and I got back to Fort Wayne, Indiana. There was really no place to train and there were really no jobs for teachers. So I moved up just outside of Chicago where my wife lived. Well, she's then my girlfriend, now my wife. And there were a million teaching jobs and that was great, but there were also a million like mixed martial arts gyms. And the first day I got there, I started trying to train mixed martial arts and I got really sick of getting punched in the face and not really knowing what I was doing. So I decided I needed to learn some jujitsu. I needed to learn to be able to defend myself off my back if I had to, to be able to get Mm -hmm. up. And it's a really cool grappling martial art. There is no punching or kicking in jujitsu. It's kind of similar to judo, if people are familiar with that. But uh, it's a lot of fun. And that's kind of how I I got into it through fighting, not necessarily like some holistic kind of woo-woo 
uh, martial arts practice. But how did that turn into a business? Where did that spark come from to actually create this into a business? Well, looking back at my story and kind of studying my past, I've had the chance to teach psychology and sociology for the last seven years prior to becoming an assistant principal. And when you do that, you ask kids about themselves all the time, which means you typically need to lead with a story about yourself, about what this looks like in your life. So I was forced to, over years and years, think about the story of my life and how things fit in and developmentally where I was at at different phases and how birth order and multiple intelligences and all these different things applied to me. And what I kind of discovered is that throughout my life, I've been very entrepreneurial, uh, burning CDs and selling them to my friends or running business competitions when I was in fourth grade. I remember me and a couple of my buddies just crushed everybody in a business competition. It was great. But I was kind of nurtured away from that. So it's very much my nature. And then I was nurtured away from that over time. And when I started teaching, I I love teaching. I love kids. I love telling stories. I love relationships. Sue, I love what you and I are doing right now. This is great. But the problem is that It's not the kids that are the issue typically in schools, it's the other adults. And all of the bureaucracy and the red tape of teaching was getting very frustrating, so I kind of went more in on my passion. And I made a couple websites for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that kind of transformed into a review website where I would write reviews about various companies' uniforms and things like that and different gear. Then eventually I just thought, I need to start my own thing. I have all these ideas. I have certain feelings about the way that things should be done, especially surrounding customer experience and customer service that other companies just were not doing. They weren't getting it. So I decided to start my own company so I could bring that into the market. So that's really interesting. So there wasn't really a specific point in time. It kind of was a path that you took yourself on. You know, one thing kind of led to another. You started having ideas of how, you know, in terms of customer service and all of that, you could do things different and probably better to your way of thinking than what was out there. So you didn't first go into it saying, oh, I'm going to start a business. You started investigating and walking the path. And then all of a sudden it occurred to you that, yeah, this is something maybe I should start doing myself. Definitely. And like I said, it's very much my nature. So I think when that decision hit, then over time, I I kind of fell more in love with the business side of it than the jujitsu side of it. I became really fascinated by other companies and their stories. I was reading about branding and marketing and implementing, you know, trial and error, using all of those things in my business versus focusing on the training side. I don't want to be a world champion in jujitsu. I don't care about competing, but I do love the business side of it. That's what I thrive on. It's a good learning, and especially Gift Biz Unwrapped listeners. You know, you don't always think, okay, I am going to be done with school and I'm going to start a chocolate shop, for example. Sometimes the path just comes in front of you. You get yourself out there, you immerse yourself in things that you really enjoy, and then you start to see what comes of it. So part of the point is just getting out there, exposing yourself, being around people, and pursuing things that you already know you like or perhaps will be interested in, and test and try, and you never know what's going to come in front of you that is going to make sense for you to turn into something big. So I'm sure right when you left school, you weren't sure what you were going to be doing and certainly not podcasting. (laughs) Oh, gosh, no. I had no idea at that point. And I mean, I think most people, you know, we let 18 year olds decide what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And I think that's horrible, right? Like 18 year olds aren't even allowed to drink alcohol in our country, but we're letting them pick a college major that could possibly determine their course of life. And it just really... I don't know. The the whole college experience kind of shaped me into wanting to teach, 
but then realizing over time that I was woefully unprepared for what the actual business, the actual career of teaching was. And I think what's really special about that is that the teaching part really prepared me like in retrospect, I can, as uh, I think Steve Jobs said, you know, I can connect those dots. I can join up the dots of my past and see how they've led here. So it's actually perfectly prepared me for where I am now. Let's move on and talk a little bit about your podcast. And the one thing that I really wanted to focus on with you, particularly for our group, is with Entrepreneurs in Coffee, you talk a lot about the power of taking action. What does that mean specifically to you? So I think that ideas are worthless and action and execution are everything. I would rather somebody execute on 10 crappy ideas than have a great idea that they never really do anything with. Um, We all have ideas. I think the majority of people in the world feel like they have a book in them, an amazing book that they should write, but they never do. And I think the majority of people with great business ideas never execute on those. And you really have to adopt a ready, fire, aim mentality. The idea of taking imperfect action and then making it right. Like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to learn as I go. Like, for example, with me running webinars and stuff, like, I'm going to try them, and if, they ch- if there's something wrong with it, I'm going to pivot versus just thinking, man, I should really do that, and planning it all out, but then never taking action on it. You know, action is the name of the game if you want a successful business. I think you're right. And action, the more you do, the better you get and the more perfect you are. You know, we talk a lot about that in the podcast community, right? And you are one of my first interviews here. When you start initially doing podcasts, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a little bit, you're not going to be right on your game until you get into it and do it for a while. But that's the same type of thing. It's okay to take imperfect action because that is the way to get to perfect yourself. Definitely. And especially with podcasting, you you get this kind of thing when you start where you're like, what if I say the wrong thing or do I need to edit this or do I need to change it? And what's really cool over time is that you think it's getting easier, but really you're just getting better. You're better at telling stories. You're better at listening and pulling out key things. You know, as a host like Sue, I think you're an awesome host. Especially for, you know, like you said, I'm one of the first people, first few people that you've interviewed. I think you're awesome because I've been interviewed by other people who are not confident and they're stumbling and stuff. And and that's fine. But what's cool is that not everybody knows that it's okay to make mistakes and they end up quitting. I think most podcasts end by like episode seven or episode eight. They just don't make it past that. And what's cool is that you've aligned yourself with really good people and gotten some training ahead of time, and now you're executing with confidence. And I think that's huge. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment on that. Sure. You know, another thing about this taking action is I will see, especially when we're out at trade shows or I'm in some type of conference where we're teaching, that people will just take in so much information, and then they'll leave the conference, and they'll have binders full of information, and then it sits there nothing happens. And that's so frustrating. In fact, I did a blog post about that, just talking about, you know, just take one thing, just one little thing and start the momentum and it can change your whole business because one thing can lead to another can lead to another. Why do you think people put obstacles in front of themselves and don't take action? Oh, because it's freaking scary. Like it's scary to try things. You might fail. And we're so conditioned in our society, you know, we don't, we see Michael Jordan's dunks. We see his three-pointers. We don't see a highlight video 
a seven hour highlight video of all the shots he's missed. He, he has a great quote and I wish I could quote it directly, but it runs through like I've been given the ball to take the game winning shot and I've missed 74 times. I've done this things. I've been, I fouled out of games like this many times. He lays out like the numbers for his failures. And he says like, I've succeeded so many times because I've failed so many times. So knowing every time I fail, not just fail, but every time something doesn't go how I want it to, or I don't get the best result that I wanted. Well, that's good because that means I'm one step closer. I've checked that box off and now I I have less boxes to check before I hit a big success. And I think Sue, most people, uh, another thing is they just don't have a healthy enough ego to handle that, to know that's part of the game, to take the hits, you know, like a Rocky Balboa, just take the hits and just keep coming forward. I think that's one of my biggest advantages as an entrepreneur is that I can take hits and keep going and I don't quit. And I think I learned a lot of that through jujitsu and also kind of modeled by my mom. My mom was a single parent growing up and modeled that a lot of that was modeled by her. So I saw it. She didn't just say it. I saw it, which means I'll do it. You know, I think again, like I said, it's just, it's straight fear. That's very debilitating sometimes. Do you think you need other supportive people to be able to overcome that, to have that confidence? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, I think Jim Rohn said, you can tell I'm like a quote. quote (laughs) Keep them coming. I just feel feel so sketchy if I take credit for any of these things. So I think Jim Rohn said that you're the, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today people, Sue, are spending time with me and you. So they're the average of us and three other people. And that's awesome because now they've just leveled up themselves that much. I think when you surround yourself with really great people who are doing more than you or doing kind of the same as you and they're on the same path, they're going the same way, well, magical things start to happen. And we talk about mastermind groups. Uh, There's some really amazing Facebook and LinkedIn group communities out there. Just surrounding yourself daily with these people, even if you live in a town in the middle of Idaho with population 120, you can still surround yourself through podcasts and online and books Um, things like that with other people. And because you're the average of them, they start to pull you up with them. You know, a rising tide raises all boats. And I, I firmly believe that. So a couple of things just to underline here is that it's okay to fail. And most successful people have a ton of failures in their back pocket. And you see what's presented as the bright and shiny success. But everybody who's successful, every name you've heard, every artist you've listened to, anybody has had a number of failures behind them before it's led to success. So remember that. And also surround yourself with strong people. And you're right. Brendan, I mean, you know, being able to go online, you know, there are LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, webinars you can do, masterminds, all different types of things. There's support coming from everywhere. And it's such an exciting time right now because so many people look at this whole entrepreneurial type thing as, you know, it's it's the new, fresh, exciting thing to do. But a lot of people are out there trying to make it. Granted, many are going to fall away, but there's a lot of people, you know, in the field and all types of entrepreneurial that you can link up with and gain strength from and learn from and support each other. I want to add one more thing too. Uh, my buddy David told me one time that he has never opened up a biography and it was just one page and it said, man, that was easy. You know, 
you there's no one page biographies that say it was just a super easy task and they got it done yay you know like biographies are four or five hundred pages of struggle of setback after setback after setback so i would advise anybody if you're thinking of starting a gift business or you have one and you're inspired by anybody you know theodore roosevelt walt disney like anybody like i just mentioned them because they're people who inspire me like read their biography see what they've been through and you'll be like holy crap that was really hard for them and it makes it it kind of shows you how the sausage was made so to speak and you can see that they had to overcome a lot so if you have to overcome a lot you're on the right path okay you know where i'm gonna go with this now since you brought this up where was a real struggle in your life and how did you overcome it probably one of the hardest things that i went through in my business was I brought on somebody else at one point and he and I were good friends and he had helped me a little bit with my business and I brought him on to help with social media and blog posts and things like that and we made a couple products together and we split the profits and it was really good and we had kind of built this on just like a, a bro like fist bump you know we're, this is going to be great this is so fun and it was really fun for a while but then my son was born and I started branching out a little bit with my business ventures. And I still felt like I was very much pulling my weight, but we didn't outline things ahead of time. And he began to become very kind of bitter and resentful. And it got to the point where one day he just left. He's like, look, I can't do this anymore. And I said, you know what, man, I could tell for a while you were kind of upset and kind of like not really happy. And, you know, he thought he was a co-owner of the business. And I, I thought, no, like I've, I did this for a couple of years without you. I started all this just because you took our Facebook page from 6,000 fans to 7,000 fans does not mean you're a 50-50 co-owner, not even close. Hmm. I didn't mean any disrespect from that, but that's not what I saw. And he thought this was going to be his thing. He thought he was Charlie and this was the, his golden ticket. And that wasn't really fair. He not only left, but went on a crazy spree on the internet trying to contact any blogger to write like just defamatory statements about me contacting any news source that he could to spread gossip and half truths and lies and all of these things on every forum on on reddit like he went everywhere to try and share what a horrible person i was and because he got there first people believed him they didn't even question it and then everybody's internet muscles came out and, you know, all the keyboard warriors showed up and I'm getting memes made of me and they're insulting my child and they're insulting my profession as a teacher and just like really horrible, screwed up things that like nobody should ever say about somebody else. Certainly nobody they've ever met and spo- or spoken to. The problem was that these people didn't see the background of this. Number one, it was about money. Number two, it was about other personal issues between he and I. But here's the issue, Sue. It was really, and this is why I'm sharing it as my failure. This was my fault. This was my business. And because I didn't think to have a contract or even a simple, it's called an MOU, a memorandum of understanding. It's not legal, but it lays out everything, both of our responsibilities. Because I didn't do that, because I allowed it to be done on a handshake, I could have fixed that from the beginning. And this was 100% my fault. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in my life. Wow. It's a shame because knowing you the little bit that I do, you are nothing but nice and genuine. And that just had to hurt to the core to have someone who you had considered a friend turn around and spend all of that energy in laying down all of these untruths about you. 
but the the thing I still I still own it though like I really could have made this better from the start and yes he has to own what he did but I can also own that it never would have happened it never would have gotten to that point if I had done my due diligence when we were, you know, at the outset. And now you know for the future and for all of us, we can listen to what you've had to say and learn from it to hopefully protect ourselves against that ourselves. Right. And if everybody who listens takes that into account, then my lesson was well worth it. Thank you for sharing that. We are going to move in now to the reflection section. These are just a couple of questions I'm going to ask you with the goal of pulling out some tools and types of special things that you do in your life. What is one natural trait that you have that has helped you succeed? I think I'm very much wired to hustle and grind. I mentioned that it was also kind of how I was nurtured. I saw my mom hustling and grinding and taking care of me and giving up pretty much all of her 30s and 40s to take care of this kid without any parties or any, you know, cool stuff for her. Uh, So I saw it exemplified, but I think I was very much born with entrepreneurial DNA. I love going to bed at night because I know the next thing that I get to do is get up and work in the morning. And what's cool about this is soon, I don't just believe that I have this DNA, but I also believe that you can be nurtured into it. So even if you think back into your story and you don't have all of these incidences of uh, entrepreneurial tendencies throughout your life, you can still learn this stuff to some degree. You know, the best athletes in the world are a mix of tremendously hard work and tremendous talent. But the cool thing is, even in professional athletics, the 1% of the 1%, you can still not have the most talent, but you can still work incredibly hard and get there too. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, taking that action. What tool do you use regularly to keep productive or to help create balance in your life? So if I can mention just a few really fast, the first one is that I use Headspace, which is a meditation app that has benefited me tremendously in a million different ways. That is sitting on my phone, and I think I've been through only about three of them so far. I do it every single day, and there's some sections that I don't like, and there's some that I really have. There's some I've really struggled through, but what's cool is that when you're really struggling, you know there's something going on with you, and you know there's some issue. Like, for instance, Sue, I'm not exaggerating this for the sake of story. I think probably for 10 of the last 15 days, I've really struggled to meditate in the morning. I can't focus. I can't be clear. I can't focus on the visualizations that go with it. And that tells me that something's going on. And I've been kind of trying to hone in and really dedicating a little bit of time, even five or 10 minutes a day to just thinking like, what is this? Why can't I focus? And it's really cool. It gives you a lot of insight into your life. Another one that I love is Buffer. I schedule all of my social media posts going out. What's cool is that I, because I schedule them going out, I don't have to freak out because now I can respond to them in real time without having to worry about posting at certain intervals throughout the day. So while the posting isn't necessarily very organic and natural and stuff because I've scheduled it, uh, it also makes sure that the most people see it and then I can respond to all of those things in real time, which I think if you're going to schedule your social media, you really need to make sure you can respond to it when people comment. Absolutely. And with Buffer, you can also post in real time as well. So you actually have both. I just found that within the last year and have been so happy with it, too. And it gives you super simple analytics, too. You can look at what's been and just click and drag and reshare stuff that was popular. You know, you can sort it by most clicks and sort it by this and that. You know, if you were posting on Facebook and 
one post with one graphic got 700 clicks to your blog and then the next one got 12 well share that one that got 700 again and make sure it wasn't just a fluke and get all that get more traffic so it gives you cool analytics and it's just click and drag i love it i love their interface what book have you read lately that you think our listeners would find value in so i am what am i what is it called stephen pressfield the war of art I'm reading right now. If you are doing anything creative in your life, and if you are involved in the gift business, believe me, everything you do is freaking creative. And in this book, he talks about resistance and how resistance is what holds us back from what, and I don't mean this in a woo-woo kind of way, like we can kind of separate the spirituality of it, but he says, we're all created to make something. God created us with a gift and the universe, whatever, created us with a gift to create a certain thing. And the resistance is what holds us back from that. And he literally goes through page after page of different ways that resistance manifests itself. And you will be reading this book and you'll be like, holy crap, he is speaking into my soul. So uh, The War of Art by Pressfield is definitely one that they would find a lot of value in. It's going on my reading list. Definitely. (laughs) Gift Biz Unwrapped listeners, just as you're listening here today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. Get an audiobook just like this one for free. All you need to do is go over to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Brendan, we're coming to my very favorite question, and it is the dare to dream question. I would like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside? So inside of this gift box is a couple things. First of all, it is keys to my home uh, on the coast in California, preferably just north uh, in North County of San Diego, where I can surf every single day and ju- do jujitsu every single day. And there are great schools for my son to go to. I'm at that home and in there is also kind of an outline, so to speak, of how I spend my day. So I get up in the morning and I surf, I come home and I do service work. Something I'm really passionate about is putting myself in the greatest possible place of service to others. And I don't know what that looks like yet. And I don't know what God has for me, but it's not in the way. And Sue, maybe you've heard this before, especially in the entrepreneurial space, people saying like, I want to serve other entrepreneurs and help them discover their purpose or something like that. And what that really means is you want to sell them products where, you know, that's, that's not a a kind of service goal. That's a, an entrepreneurial, that's a business goal. But when I'm talking about service, I'm talking about feeding people who are hungry especially children is something I'm passionate about. We don't have children starving to death in the United States, but we have a tremendous amount of them who are very, very hungry every single day. So that's something I'm passionate about. So maybe I would spend my time working on a project like that in schools, making sure that kids are fed and fed in a way that actually fuels their body versus just giving them junk to eat. So we can say we fed them for legal reasons, which is what a lot of schools do. off the soapbox. Um, Then (laughs) I'll go home and I'll spend time with my son and my wife. We homeschool him in my perfect day. 
and he spends time with other homeschool kids in our community, but I get to teach him and my wife gets to teach him. And that's something I'm, I'm really passionate about. And then after I spend lunch with him and I teach him some things, I go back and I do more work. Uh, serving people in my community, whether that's helping disabled veterans or, like I said, feeding kids and people who need food and are hungry. After I'm done with that, I come back home and I spend time with my wife and son, maybe work a little bit more in the evening, do some of that paperwork kind of business related stuff. And then I go to bed and that's my day. That's not every day. Some weeks, some seasons of life might involve missions overseas to serve people. I'm really passionate about what, uh, what is it, Pencils of Promise is doing and what mm-hmm. Charity Water is doing with making a really sincere impact and a very transparent impact in places around the world. I feel like we are stewards of what we've been given. I've been given time and money and a beautiful family and all of these things, but I feel like God has blessed me with these things with the intention of me redistributing it in a way that would make him proud. So that's that's my goal, and that's my dream. That is a fabulous gift box, that's for sure. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Brendan? So the best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter. You can tweet me at Brendan Hufford, and hopefully someday I'm super Hollywood and this becomes more difficult than it is right now. But I promise I'll, no matter when you listen to this podcast, I'll re- respond to every single tweet that I get. It's just how I'm wired. It's just what I feel. You know, if you're going to be on social media, you need to be social. Uh, and that's what Twitter's for. It's for talking. So you can always talk to me there. And then also, Sue, another great way for people to get in touch with me is just on my website. There's a contact form on there and there's, all, you know, I answer all of my emails personally. Um, but if they go to my website, there's, you can go to brendanhuffer.com slash gift. And I have a bunch of free resources that they can download there. Some of the stuff we talked about today, like Buffer and things like that, uh, to help them kind of bootstrap their business a little bit if they'd rather spend more of their money on you know, important things for their business and not on social media tools or you know, creating art for their blogs or whatever. There's a bunch of free resources there that they can download. Well, thank you for that. And if you didn't catch all of that in terms of the links and all, just jump over to giftbizunwrap.com and on the show notes page for Brendan, you'll find all of that information linked up. Thank you so much for the tremendously valuable gifts you've shared with us today. And Brendan, somehow I think that I will be coming to visit you just north of San Diego one day. I sure hope so. May your candle always burn bright. Take care. All right. Thanks. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode.